0: We're running a presale for $100 off. Head over to listenmoneymatters.com slash REI to learn more. That's listenmoneymatters.com slash REI for $100 off rental properties for passive investors.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. If you don't like money jokes, you have a poor sense of humor. Uh, my, na- <laughs> <laughs> my name is Matt, and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you? And what are you drinking?
0: What's up, dude? Uh, uh, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Just polishing off some of my apricot compote sour. Um, Laura tells me to keep it lighter during Thursday, so I'm not like completely yeah. wasted by the time we talk to like 50 people. Right.
1: Well, I mean, speaking <laughs> of keeping it lighter, I'm I have to, water for me today. Mm. I had a nice. long weekend in New Jersey, a long <laughs> two weeks in New Jersey. I spent
0: I, one day evening with you, and yeah. I was like so destroyed the next morning. <laughs> it was like I was, I don't know, 80, and yeah. I know you did like three nights in a row. Yeah. With- well, I mean, I'm from
1: you know where I live up in the high altitude, so I have a lot of high altitude training, mm, plus I'm like yeah. much bigger, so. It helps. Anyway. Little, yeah. yeah. So uh, just water today, but that doesn't mean we can't have fun. So I want to thank Sean via email for our catchphrase. That's, that's such a dad joke. <laughs> Love such it. Dad jokes. Thank you, Sean. Okay. Getting into it. Oh, Oh, speaking of which we need catchphrases. So if you don't mind sending, sending those in uh, either list of money matters at gmail.com or you can tweet us at money matters, man. We need them catchphrases. Today, are you as clever
0: as Sean? Are you? Do you think you have <laughs> we'll what it out. takes?
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. So today we have a guest on the show to talk about how she rewired her life to create a lifestyle she wanted and reach financial independence at age 35 years old. Kim, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Uh,
1: so rewired. And financial independence, we get the, I'm sure we get a ton of questions from uh, listeners who want to talk about FIRE. Is that essentially what we're doing today?
2: More or less, yeah.
1: More or less, the, the FIRE movement. Yeah. Okay, so um, what do you mean, like, I, I assume we're not using the word retired, we're using the word rewired, and why is that?
2: So I think the word retired has a negative connotation, has a negative um, implication especially as a professional this this idea that mm-hmm. you know you aged out of your profession or you didn't keep your skills up and you're not useful anymore so we're going to retire you right
0: right not to mention that there's like stats out there that people who retire die sooner right
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah they lose that uh, reason to live i guess
2: yeah right. the reason to get out of bed in the morning
1: right yeah, yeah. so
2: our our goal was never to stop working and sit on the couch and watch Netflix all day. Yeah. The goal was, you know, we have these brains, they're full of information. We want to use them to do the things we want to help the people we want in the Mm -hmm. way we want. Right. So Mm -hmm.
0: we've,
2: we're both mechanical engineers and we both always enjoyed the technical challenge of what we do for a living. Um, But we really did not like commuting to an office every day, uh, dealing with office politics, um, and in general, the the layout of traditional engineering with billable hours and you know make it take an hour and you know get that fee up. Um, we're the kind of people who want to get in, get a job done, and get out. So like
1: me and shopping. Right. <laughs> yeah. Go to Target, grab the one thing you need, <laughs> and get out of Target as fast as possible.
2: Yes. Yes. So we said, let's get our personal finances in order so that we can take a leap, and work for ourselves. And part of that leap was, you know, we've got to cover our own retirement benefits and Mm -hmm. health insurance now. um, But we also have the ability to choose where we want to live so we can save some money that
0: way. So I was going to say, you know, I worked in an office and, you know, you kind of like during the day, you're just crunching the stuff. You go to lunch with a bunch of your friends. You all complain about the fact that you're there. And then you go back and you finish it up, trying to fall asleep. And then you go home. Like, uh, and, and not for nothing, but it's not like a super supportive environment to to change the situation because everyone's kind of slogging through the same thing. So, what made you think that you could do it differently?
2: I had a mentor, hmm. um, my manager at one of my day jobs. She quit (laughs) and um and she wasn't worried about it and i remember picking her brain and saying how are you doing this like how are you getting contracts how are you making these connections and how are you affording this and she was an open book it was so helpful right um she shared resources with me as far as you know going to the small business development center um you know learning how to set up your business your website all the tools that you need to get going um and she even shared with me very realistic numbers as far as how much their health insurance cost um, so seeing it done before was key
1: so why so we so um i think andrew and i can both relate to this we both had probably the same thoughts the same ideas we've we were we were uh, made privy to the possibilities that yes you could be uh, a freelancer i think I mean, I was definitely a freelancer for a long time. Andrew, you were for a little bit, right? As a
0: no, no, you never I went, worked at the web.
1: You you had your own web uh, way back
0: in like college, way back
1: in the day. Yeah. But you
0: knew. But my point is, I, like I knew, you knew that people did this thing where they weren't employed by companies as a full time.
1: Right. My question, though, is more towards the financial independence part. Is that did that come from the same resources, or did you find another avenue for that? Like, whoa! Not only can I own my own thing and do and have my own consulting business, but I could actually be completely financial independent.
2: So, interestingly enough, that that manager, um, the one who I followed in her footsteps, I remember one night sitting around drinking with uh-huh. uh, my husband and me and her and her husband, and he let it slip that he had planned to retire when he was forty.
1: Okay. And wow. at the
2: time, I think they had just turned. 30 ish. Um, And I thought, Ooh, retire when you're 40. That sounds awesome. And, (laughs) and I had met, um, I had met someone else, you know, during college who was early retired through selling a business and he was in his forties. So I was, I was inspired by the idea that you could do something ahead of schedule. And I had started reading some personal finance blogs at my last day job, but it wasn't until I had, quit my day job and I was at home it was about almost a year after I had quit my day job where we actually did the math to calculate when we would be financially independent
1: right so um so the so you you realized it was possible you went and read some stuff seeing that it was possible for others did the math and then did it for yourself and so so this idea that like it, it, that you could do this early why is that so appealing even if you know you're going to be still working, it's like then, well, what's the difference? And I know that we hear a lot, you know, oh, these people are fi, right? They're financial independents. They sold a business. It's like good, oh, great for you. Oh, okay, yeah. I wish we could all sell a million, multi-million dollar business. Like, are you really fi? I don't know. I mean, but yeah. What what is like? Yeah, I guess that, that was my question. I, mm. like what 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 is like the real reason for it? Time time,
2: more time, um, as a family. So my husband, um, his dad, I think retired. He was 55 when he retired. Um, and he was mm-hmm. a high power attorney, worked long hours, you know, typical, you know, we call, we call him the weekend father. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of us grew up with that, um, model of parents that weren't always available because yeah. they were working all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And that was definitely my case, too. I remember my mom, you know, she would often work the day shift and the night shift. And thank God I had three sisters <laughs> to keep me occupied. <laughs> but uh, that that was pretty much the, the crux of it was knowing that I wanted to be home with our daughter. Hmm. And um, I remember we read a book called Equally Shared Parenting when we were pregnant. And they talked about having both parents home with the kid. Oh, yeah. And it was a, it was a story about Mr. Money Mustache, right? He was featured in there. And I thought, yeah, that would be really cool. Um, I don't think we're both going to be able to quit our jobs, obviously, (laughs) because we're not at the at that time we weren't financially independent. But if we could both work half time, that would work out really well. And so I think my daughter was two and a half years old when my husband dropped down to twenty hours a week at his day job, and then one year later she was three and a half, and he quit altogether and started his own thing. Yeah,
1: what were um. So now that you are or you became you were you were on this path to becoming financially independent what are some of the pillars of your plan that that got you there
2: so one big thing was it it was never a race to get to a certain number it was more what kind of freedom can we buy with the number that we have so you know people always get on yeah. us about why did you pay your mortgage off it was two and a half years. We paid it off. And they say, you would have made so much more money. That's yeah, crazy. Right. Well, there's a secret. We bought a, a house at the bottom of the market in Florida. So we got a really, That's really good deal. That's insanely um,
0: awesome, by and the
2: way. we were both working <laughs> full time. So we were just funneling that in there. But yep. um, we people say you could have made more money if you had kept your mortgage, invested extra Right, but we weren't going for a big net worth goal. At the end of the day, we were looking to lower our monthly bills so that we could cut back on our work.
1: Oh, right? okay.
2: So that was a big thing. Like I felt completely comfortable quitting my day job when I was pregnant mm. because I knew we weren't going to have a mortgage, you know, when the baby came. Right, which is so, your biggest
1: expense, probably.
2: Right, didn't need to work to pay that bill anymore. So, um, you know, I, I still, I still don't think we necessarily have a fine number. It's more like I have my budget spreadsheet. I divide by twenty-five, so there's our four percent rule, and I say, okay, all these things are covered. But if we want to keep working, maybe we can add a trip to Hawaii every Christmas because mm. we live in Wyoming now and it's cold here.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, right.
2: Um, so I, I like the flexibility that making those plans offers you instead of just saying, okay, we've got twenty-five times our expenses, and we're going to quit our jobs and do nothing ever again.
0: So what was like, or what were the key components of that plan? Like, obviously, you knew people who. Uh, did this and they didn't like stop working. You know, they either toned it down, worked for themselves. Um, But there must've been like reservations that you had that like, until you've accomplished it, like we can't do this.
2: You know, I'm, I'm probably an overly confident person. So
0: that's yeah. Not a bad
1: trait.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I tend to make decisions really quickly. Like we bought the second house we ever looked at in Wyoming. when We bought the first house we looked at. I bought the first wedding dress I ever tried on. So I'm not as perfectionist as I used to be.
0: Mm.
2: I just kind of go with it. Like if, if it looks like that's going to work, I'm going to do it. And I can change my mind later. I usually don't. Um,
0: but do you yeah. think that there was something specific? Like, like so for example, you had paid off your mortgage before you quit. So was that like a requirement in your mind? Like once we do this, then I can?
2: Mm, well, we so I, I actually, I quit while we still had a mortgage mm-hmm. for about 10 months. Um, I quit, mm. I quit uh, on a, there was a Friday.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I found out I passed the professional engineering exam. So I got my license
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I came home from work that Damn. day and found out I was pregnant. Wow. And then Monday went in and quit my job.
1: Productive week. <laughs> <laughs> Intense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I
2: was like, I'm not wasting <laughs> any more time here. I've got to get moving. I've, you know, at the time I had been freelancing for two years and that was taking up, you know, it was ramping up. And I did the math and I said, I can make more money per hour doing this than staying the day job. So I'm going to drop the day job. I'm just going to do this full bore, um, during yeah. pregnancy. Right. And then the baby came in August, mortgage was paid off in October.
1: Good A- to go. And no student loan debts.
2: Oh, that was before.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, okay. So
2: we, my husband has always <laughs> been more uh, conservative and oh, how do I say this? We're both pretty organized, but, um, so I was the one who had the credit cards and the car payment and the student loans. Right. And he was the one who's like, how do you not know how to balance a checkbook? How do you, <laughs> why do you carry a right, balance? Right. Um, he was a naturally frugal person. So he never really had to budget. And I, you know, I was a, yeah. no one ever taught me this stuff growing up. So I'm figuring it out as I go mm-hmm. kind of person.
1: Same as the rest of us.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, pay, paying off our consumer debt and the car and the student loans, um, those were all big milestones that were celebrated along the way. And I remember I didn't want him to propose to me until I was completely debt free. Um, that was just kind of a personal goal that I had. I didn't want to bring that kind of baggage into a marriage. Um,
1: ah, so I have a ton more questions. I'm sure Andrew hmm. does. Um, but we do need to take a break. When we come back, we have more to talk about. Stay tuned. And the magic of time and editing, we're back. That's how this works. Uh, okay, so you mentioned earlier that you bought your first house in Florida. Yes. But earlier from that, you said you lived in Wyoming. Yes. Okay, so it's a long commute. I'm just saying. it's a long commute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what? Why? Why Wyoming? I guess. And did that have any sort of uh, uh, play into the financial independence path?
2: Absolutely. It was the last okay. step, right? So oh. we we have moved across the country. I'm like drawing a map in my head. We grew up in the South, went to uh-huh. California for grad school, moved to Florida, started a careers family, moved to Oregon after becoming location independent, um, and then realized this place is way too freaking expensive. We are never going to retire here. Mm-hmm. boom Wyoming <laughs> right? so what is that two and a half times moving across the yeah.
1: country yeah yeah it's um, a lot
2: it is a lot with a little kid it's it's something that I recommend yeah. to everybody who feels stuck um but it's not easy
1: why do you recommend it to people who feel stuck
2: I think a lot of folks feel, feel trapped right they feel like I'm yeah. here I've got these roots um but we like to say roots don't have to be chains Right, you don't you just because you grew up in a place and and your family mm, all still lives mm. there. If that place isn't serving you well, why are you there, right? Um, and I'm I'm yeah, you know, in the mm-hmm. short term, like today, I am less reluctant to move than I ever have been before, just because we have a kid and I'm ready for her to right. grow up in one place. Um, but before this, I mean, this is the 35th place I've lived. Oh so my god! I and I'm not an army brat, <laughs> right? So right, so right. I, just, I have you know, I grew up with my mom, she's our fourth husband. So there's a lot of moving around from that. Um, I had a lot of educational opportunities that took mm-hmm. me all across the country and yeah, I've just always said yes to any anytime there was a chance to move and mm-hmm. live somewhere else. And we've lived all across the country, up and down both coasts and we wound up in the middle.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Do you think there's any indication in that being sort of why somebody becomes location independent and financially independent. I think there is a independence that's gained from travel. Cause I, I mean, I, even though that was not my story, I do think a lot of people who I've know, who I know that travel a lot tend to be also financially independent or at least are trying to be financially independent and perhaps are more, most likely location independent.
2: Yeah. So I, my three sisters, um, mm-hmm. they all have kids and they want to be close to grandma for, you know, because they've all been single moms at some point in their journey, and so they have. You know, some people call it a limiting belief, right? Where you say I can never live a plane ride away from grandma, right? Or um, th- these kind of things, and it's it's yeah. hard to explain. Um, but I moved out of my parents' house when I was 15. Um, our our mom always uh, pushed the idea that once you're 18, you're on your own. Like you're not in my care anymore. And this is four daughters, right? Like she was pushing that mm-hmm. that independence. And a little bit of that was taken away when my sisters had kids really young. <laughs> they kind of, they kind of yeah. missed their chance, um, but they're getting it back now. So, they've lived abroad and out of state and stuff. So it, it's improving. Right. But, um, what was yeah. so ironic is I I was thinking about it the other day, and none of her four daughters actually stayed until her until they were eighteen. We all moved out as teenagers. So, yeah, we it, <laughs> we've always been. I guess independent in that way of feeling like we had the ability to make our own choices and suffer the consequences.
1: Um so you I I, I really re- resonate with the idea that like Wyoming is cheap and uh, compared to Oregon and I mine's in mine's the reverse right now which is I was location independent not necessarily financially independent although I guess you could say that. Um I moved to one of the most expensive places in the country And now my mom's like, well, you can come back here and buy a house and it is going to be like pennies on the dollar. I'm like, well, that's yeah, true, but also no, because that, you know, the area that I grew up was not conducive to my lifestyle and the people that I wanted to be around. And so, um, Colorado certainly is, and I've always wanted to move here. Um, but with that said, it's like, it is a very expensive place to live and it is very hard to be financially independent also Mr. Money Mustache lives here so i guess it is possible right
2: yeah if you ever want to take a road trip
1: to wyoming to wyoming <laughs> we I, have a,
2: we have a guest bedroom and a couple of breweries in town so
1: <laughs> oh, we
2: will convert you to the, the dark side of the state income tax free lifestyle
1: oh is that what it is, is that part of the was that the one was that
2: that's a big part of it you knew
1: that prior to going big there
2: part. oh yeah okay oh yeah so we when we we finished grad school in california And we made a spreadsheet and we said, California versus Florida, because that's where my husband grew up. And I'd lived there for a year during college. Uh And we said, we want a certain kind of lifestyle. We want to own a home. We want a jet ski. We want kids. Right. And that was not going to happen in the Bay Area. Right. So we said, screw it. We're going to do something different. And all of our fancy grad school friends are going to turn their noses up and think, I can't believe you're moving back to the swamp. Right. 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 (laughs) We get that. Well, this was what 12 years ago. We got that all the time. You know, people on the West Coast, "Oh, how could you move back to the, to the South? Right. A lot of that attitude. Um, and we grew up in the South, so I'm like, yeah, whatever we'll get by. And we did. And looking back, when you look at the taxes in California, I tell people trying to build wealth in a state with income taxes is like trying to run a marathon with nine toes. Yeah. Right. It's harder. It's harder. It's a lot harder. And that's just the taxes. That's not the, that's just the income taxes. That's not property taxes, cost of living. Sure. Right. So yeah. we, um, we got to a really good place in Florida when my husband quit his day job. I think we might've been like one year away from being Florida fi. Mm-hmm. And so we were feeling good and confident and we said, let's move somewhere different from here. Right. We were, we were in Orlando. So we were tired of the crowds and the heat and so we said, let's move to like a small town that's still kind of walkable, not super small. And we want to be in the mountains. We want nice, cool weather, skiing, et cetera. And randomly on a Mr. Money Mustache forum, <laughs> someone suggested Ashland, Oregon. Um, and if you don't know about Ashland, it's uh, home to the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, about 20,000 people. They have a, a Southern Oregon universities there. Um, and it's a very popular retirement location for San Francisco Oh, interesting. Um, residents. Yeah. A lot of people move up there because they say I can buy a house for a third of the price, even though those houses are still twice the price of Florida right, houses. Right. But it feels
1: cheaper. Yeah. Right? Well, especially compared to the Bay Area.
2: Right. Everything's cheaper yeah. <laughs> compared to the Bay. Area. Uh, yeah,
1: everything. So is, you know, yeah. we were there for
2: about two years. You know, we bought a house and we thought this was going to be our place. Um, and then something changed. Right. I don't know if it was just us growing up, along with our daughter growing up. Um, but we got to a point where we realized, you know, we, we were doing the math, and we we're like, man, every extra project we take on. We're only keeping about half of yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. As far as you know, taxes and expenses mm-hmm. and whatnot. And so we did some of that introspective mm-hmm. math. We reread *Your Money or Your Life*. We read uh, *Playing with Fire*. it has got some oh, good yeah. exercises well, the in there.
1: Book was sitting right here. Uh, I oh, yeah. just hung out with Scott not too long ago. Yeah.
2: And we got to the point where we saw, hey, we are financially independent, except for um, basically the taxes of living in Oregon. And And then it was just this stinging thought of like, why are we going to keep working to pay taxes when we can move somewhere and not have that expense? And we knew that we had lived in income tax-free states before, and they still have roads. They Mm. still have schools, right? They still have police officers. Right. Um, So, yeah, we we made up our mind, and we went to explore basically every income tax-free state this year.
1: (laughs) Do you know what those are?
2: Washington, Alaska, Nevada, South Dakota, Wyoming, Florida, Tennessee.
1: Wow. Okay. Here's your list. (laughs) Um, Do (laughs) what do you say to people who are not location and like I think when they read Mr. Money Mustache or they you know they follow any sort of FI movement, it obviously makes a lot more sense if you're location independent because then you can take advantage of the geo arbitrage, right? Like, but if you're not. And and you're stuck in say New Jersey with like the worst taxes ever. Um, sorry, Andrew. No. Uh, no. Oh.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> what do you do in that moment? Like, what do you say to those people?
2: So I think I think we always have more choices than are right in front of our face, right? And I and mm-hmm. I do know people who are locked into a certain um, part of the country, for example, like Ashland, Oregon, um, because of a job. Like, yeah. let's say, yeah, hundred percent. I'll tell you an example of a, a good friend who. Um, they are a family where one of the parents works for the local government and he's like a couple years away from vesting. So he is not going anywhere. However, there is the choice of, do you live in the Ashland city limits or do you live outside of the city limits and cut your property taxes by about 60%, right? Um, I know plenty of teachers who don't live in the school district that they teach at because it's just not affordable, right? So um, and I'm not talking moving an hour away from right. your job. You know, a lot of times one, literally outside of city limits is five minutes up the road.
0: Right. So one of the biggest things that I don't want to say like held Laura and I back from, um, cutting the, the full-time job thing and going off on our own was like the insanely oppressive cost of healthcare. And, you know, we've, we've, Done a bit of research, but I don't think that we've done a good job by any means, and we still are just paying out the nose for what is not that great. What what have you guys done? We like you have a a child that I'm sure needs way more just attention than you guys do from doctors, because I don't know, babies and stuff. Yeah, you'll learn. Yeah, I I know. (laughs) I'm learning. So so like what did you guys do for healthcare?
2: So Well, so regarding the kid thing, knock on wood, we, we've got a really healthy kid. Um, you know, as part of being home with her, she wasn't in daycare, so she wasn't getting colds and, um, ear infections and that kind of stuff by you know, it's just the exposure. Um, although the, her friends who did go to daycare, they have very, very strong immune systems Mm -hmm. now. So (laughs) it's kind of one or the other, right? right? Right. Um, but as a baby, she didn't get sick very much at all. She also nursed until she was almost three. So there's immune benefits to that too. Um, so that was something as far as like managing your own health <laughs> health situation with, with things you can, you can choose. Um, but as far as the plans that we got on, we have done it all. We have done short-term health insurance plans, um, health share, and we've done the healthcare.gov, you know, ACA plans where we pay full price because we're still working and you pay full price. Um, right now, we have a short-term plan. And that was something that was also a yeah. benefit from Oregon and Wyoming, the way short-term health insurance plans work is they don't have to cover um, any pre-existing conditions. And at this point at age 34, 35, we don't have any. Um, But the way it works is financially, it's about the same as a high deductible healthcare plan. So I think our max out of pocket for the year is about 13 grand. Um, The difference is you can't have an HSA the year that you have it, but you can't contribute to the HSA. Um, And so cost, you know, dollars to dollars, um, A short-term plan is going to be about $200 a month for our family of three, whereas the ACA plan for the same thing would be in Oregon, it was $961 a month. Holy crap. Yeah. But the the benefit about Wyoming over Oregon in this regard is Wyoming lets you carry those plans for 12 months at a time, Mm -hmm. and you can renew them for three years. So if you get cancer in March, right, and you live in Wyoming, they they cover you for, for the whole year And you can wait until open enrollment and then get on an ACA plan that does cover pre-existing conditions. In Oregon, it only covers three months at a time. So if you get cancer in March, three months later, you are uncovered and you've got to bridge the gap until you can do open enrollment. You're uninsured.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so weird that where you live, it's like it's so much more beneficial to you, Mm -hmm. like even in our own country, because every state has states' rights and they all have different things. And it's like it's kind of like we have a bunch of tiny little countries.
2: yeah. Yeah, because
1: they are so different. They're so different. I mean, just in in uh, like the taxes in in Jersey versus Colorado are so wildly different that it's like, well, and it's a better, it's a better quality of life too. At the same time, it's, it's, mm. meaning South Jersey where I live. So like, I, I just, it's shocking to me that um, you can be financially independent faster just by driving a couple miles. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. And, you know, we've even discovered this recently with the cost of college, um, because our plan Uh was, you know, for our daughter was we're planning on four years in-state at a a solid school that offers engineering. That's what we did. Um, And the cost of in-state tuition varies so much state to state and to the point where um, the University of Wyoming is actually cheaper out of state than it is in-state in places like Colorado and New Jersey. So we get a lot of imported students.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I feel it makes that doesn't feel like it makes sense to them. Like for them, I, I mean, I don't know. Um, is there anything that completely took you by surprise switching to this lifestyle that you were not expecting that you didn't have in your spreadsheet and go, oh, I predicted that? Yep. Um, Good or bad?
2: Well, I guess I thought I'd have more time. Mm. So.
1: <laughs> you know, and, and this is talking from
2: someone I basically took this summer off right and yeah I still feel like I don't have enough time to do all the things I want to do you know my my house is never as clean as I would like it to be and yeah I never work out as much as I want to um I spend a ton of quantity time with my husband but not as much quality time as we used to when we were both working full time and like took the time to go on a date right yeah so
1: but, but why do you think that is is it because is it like the um what's that principle? Like if you have all the time, yeah, it that. expands, Work yeah, like, expands yeah. to <laughs> consume. <Yeah. ball. laughs> it's yeah, the thing yeah. about
2: the gas. It expands to fill the, the volume. Right. You get it. Um, yeah. I like, I look back now. I mean, if I, if I show you my Google calendar for the week, it is, it is full. Right. Hmm. And I think, how the hell did I do anything when I was working 40 mm. hours a week? Right. And the answer is I didn't like, I didn't work out consistently. Um, yeah. I didn't, really call my parents very much you know i yeah those things that like my goals my weekly goals now are a lot different than they were when i was 26 um and when i was 26 i also didn't care about having a clean house so
1: right yeah yeah yeah. That,
2: those to-do list things weren't on my list right and also part of it is having a kid you know I she's got stuff going on all the time and mm-hmm. so um mm. i think that's been an adjustment
1: I, I do yeah i do i do think that like we um The five movement or the fire movement gets a lot of um, pie in the sky dreamers like, oh, one day I can do that. One day I can be this like this is such a a coveted thing. The same thing with entrepreneurship. It's like, oh, my God, I can't wait to be that. And the thing that I always say is like, well, if you think you're stressed now, you're also (laughs) going to be stressed, then it'll just be about something different. Like it doesn't it it just shifts. It doesn't actually solve your problems. It just creates new ones and diverts Mm -hmm. them.
2: You just find something else to worry about. Like if
1: Exactly. if you
2: think about I mean there are therapists for every
1: yes. every
2: ailment you could ever think of and you know maybe in your 20s you go to a therapist because you're stressed out about your, you know, dickhead yeah. boss, yeah. right? And then maybe when you're 35 and trying to retire early, you go to a therapist because you're stressed out because your house in Oregon won't sell. <laughs> right, right. Right. Like there's always something to worry about, right? Yeah. yeah. Um there's always something to worry about and I think the only way to really manage that is taking care of yourself like Exercise if you can, um, mm-hmm. and also stay busy. Mm-hmm. Right when when you say get lost in your work, well, your work as a stay at home, work at home parent entrepreneur, yeah. you can work on whatever you want.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? And to add to that, which you mentioned earlier, I think uh, one of the things that can get really out of control when you are working for yourself or or have a lot of time is disorganization. And I feel like organization post. Like I wasn't an organized person when I had a job and as soon as I had to do everything myself, I became an organized person and that relieves a ridiculous amount of stress and it's not really that hard to do. It's very easy. You could do it and you you do it now with or without a job, with or without FI and I think like if you want to reduce stress, it's one of the easiest ways to do it for sure.
2: Yeah, having Mm -hmm. a routine and a schedule is, is very important even when you don't have an anchor of like driving to the office every day. Um, Mm -hmm. it is really important because I have found myself repeating this line to my family all summer long. Um, I say my free time is not your resource, your resource to manage. Um, and because it's really easy to get caught up and you know, your family will see you not working that week and they'll say, Hey, can you help me with this project? And this and that, and you're like, I didn't work this hard to become your handyman. (laughs) You know, I, I got my
1: own things I want to (laughs) do. Yeah.
2: Um, I know a lot of, a, a couple of people have written about that. Like um, Carl at 1500 days, he, he wrote about how it is challenging when you are all up in your spouse's business yep. after you both retire. Um, and I think most people don't face that till their sixties. So they don't think about it. But when, you know, when you retire in your thirties and suddenly you are, right. I, I had a mom at um, school drop-off last year said to me, you and your husband are always together. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I was like, yeah, we could probably divide this. Like I could do drop off. He could do pick. Like we don't have to yeah. just because we have the ability to be together all the time. It's, it's right. actually better for us to have some some separation.
1: Found. yeah, for sure. And the, and the same, I think Andrew would you would. I would say yeah, like yeah. you, yeah, you like, say
0: these things, and I deeply resonate because that that's Laura and I. Yeah, we're both here I. in this small apartment.
1: Yeah. So, uh, well, I want to thank you for coming on, Kim. Thank you. I know I, I appreciate it. And so uh, you have a website yes. where you talk about a lot of this stuff. What's the website?
2: It's thefrugalengineers.com. And
1: what what like what are you like what did you just recently write about? Like give us a, a sneak peek of what's what's
2: so I've been doing a bunch of posts about um, applying engineering principles to personal finance. Ooh. And using the way we make decisions in the engineering workplace, applying that to your own like household spending patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, and a new series I'm working on right now is college planning for early retired families.
1: Oh, cool. So that's you're oh. currently working on that.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a real-time account of (laughs) what (laughs) what we're doing.
1: Cool. And it's uh, thefrugalengineers.com. Yes. All right. So definitely go check that out. Kim, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you. Yeah. Love your story. And if you missed anything in this show, of course, like always, we will have everything in the show notes. You can either check your preferred podcast app or you can visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show. And... Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you normally listen to podcasts and tell your friends about us, point them to your favorite episodes, and hopefully they will become a subscriber as well. And if you have any questions or topics uh, you'd like us to discuss on future episodes or this episode in general, you can email us, listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to send us in some catchphrases. All the tools and resources that we normally mention on this show are available at listenmoneymatters.com slash Toolbox. That's it. Later, Andrew. Later, man.
2: Please tell your friends about
1: this show.